Hello everybody, welcome to your second Blood Red podcast of the week. Uh, uh, I'm Andy Kelly, I'm joined by Christian Walsh here in the office and on the phone, he hasn't managed to make it into the office today, is uh, James Pearcey. You there, Pearcey? I am, hi guys. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, some domestic duties have uh, kept him away, so if, he, if you hear some screams from the other end of the phone, it's uh, Pearcey's kids have jumped on him. But uh, anyway, we're here to discuss West Brom. Um, feels like an important game, Piercy. Now after that uh, draw on Monday. Yeah, it certainly does. I think I think you know if, if Liverpool go and beat West Brom on Saturday afternoon, it's it's still been a very good week for the club. I think you know I think kind of the, the frustration and the disappointment of, of Monday night will be will be quickly forgotten. Um, but uh, you know there are no pushovers, are they? I think you know I think that's the thing. I think you, this is one of those fixtures that you always have, you know. You always feel almost like a touch of dread when you're coming up to it because you know it's going to be a battle and you know it's a team who, which is capable of, of preying on Liverpool's vulnerabilities. And, uh, you know, we saw that home and away last season, obviously frustrated Liverpool then. And um, there's no doubt there'll be a tough nut to crack at Anfield again this time around. Christian, the, that game at Anfield last year, famous for Klopp's open quotes celebration in front of the cop of a, of a, of a late draw Origi's goal I mean the thing you've got to remember with that goal is it, you know it's a giant deflection which was you know Liverpool were ultimately uh, lucky really to, to get the draw in the end um, you get the impression there's no love lost between Klopp and sort of the way he feels a, a, a Pulis team plays, really. Yeah, you know, I, th- I don't think Jürgen will publicly say it, and he's obviously very cute with the, with the cameras and, and will always, you know, say he's got the utmost respect for Pulis, but I think he probably looked at that sort of game and just thinks, you know, is, is that any real way to play football? I don't think he really will come up against those sorts of teams in Germany. There's not really many who I can think of. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's physical teams in the Bundesliga but there's none that have that Pulis, and you know, I'm, it'll sound like I'm dismissing this. Look, it works with Tony Pulis, so all, all the best to him. But this Pulis style of football, where it's defend, 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 we've got a corner. Let's see if we can score from it. It is remarkable to see, and it, it, it's happened a, a number of times now against the against Liverpool, and you know, let, no, none more so than uh, than last season. You know, they pretty much defended in two banks of four. Um, they had the the number ten as sort of like a defensive midfielder, and the striker just running around aimlessly. I think it was Rondon at the last season, and um, you know I don't think Klopp necessarily appreciates that. I don't think it's a frustration that he can't beat it because I think he can. I think he's shown that he can he can beat teams that park the bus, um, albeit not on Monday night. But at the same time, I think he just I think there's just a bit of a annoyance there that you know. I I also think that you know. Pulis is he can he can wind people up the wrong way. I think almost in a way on the touchline they're probably quite similar, and that's why there might be that little bit of tetchiness between them. You know, people forget that Pulis came up with Stoke, and he had the sort of the the reputation of being this jack in the box on the sideline, jumping up and down and bouncing, wearing the tracksuit and the and the baseball cap, and you know that sort of thing. So I think that they're quite similar, if not in certainly not in his style of football and, and football and philosophy. Um, and I'm not necessarily the same sort of person in terms of the characters that they are, but I would say that they are similar sorts of characters when they are face-to-face on the touchline. Yeah. James, Pulis will be rubbing his hands a wee bit, won't he? I mean, the words new goalkeeper for Liverpool will have, <laughs> will have, will have you know, taken his attention. And obviously, from what we've seen, a new goalkeeper who's struggling a wee bit on cross balls. Um, you know, 
But the thing for Liverpool is, you know, they've hopefully they'll dominate possession, and so the key, I suppose, is to make sure that you know West Brom get as few opportunities as possible to put those balls right in on top of carriers, because you know at the moment, you know, there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of confidence in terms of how you know he might deal with them. No, I think I think you're right. I think I think he'll I think he'll be tested much more on Saturday than he was on on Monday night. I mean, he, he still hasn't really had a proper save to make, has he? In his, his Liverpool career, he's had to pick the ball out of the back of the net a few times, but you know, mostly have been goals that he hasn't had much of a chance with. I think I think one of the surprises on Monday night was the fact that the United didn't didn't test him more often. I think you know, they were they were so intent on trying to hold on to what they had, they didn't really. Look to look to punish what we know is a is a vulnerability in this in this Liverpool side. You know, I think you, know, you had what one corner, which I think was relatively late on, and you know, they, they, you know you'd have thought having picked Fellaini, they'd have, they'd have, they'd have they'd have made more of an attempt to to kind of to prey on that. But so I think well, I think West Brom certainly will. I mean, I don't you know, obviously they will be be defensive in terms of the way they set up. But you look at the height they've got with you know, Dawson and McCauley and, and Evans and. And Fletcher, and they, you know, that will be what they play for, and they, you can guarantee they have spent hours upon hours this week making sure that you know they, they might not get many set piece opportunities, but trying to make sure that they uh, they make it count, and that's why you, you just get the feeling that this is the kind of game where if Liverpool can get an early goal, then it just changes everything. You know, West Brom then have to start to take a few more chances, and then Liverpool can pick them off. That's what happened against Leicester and Hurl earlier on this season. You know, it's just one of the games that if, if the early goal doesn't come, then it's the, the kind of game where could you can see it then becoming a very nervy um, afternoon because, you know, I think, you know, as we saw the other night, you know, the, once Liverpool didn't start well, the atmosphere dropped off a fair bit. You know, and I think that kind of frustration and anxiety in the stands transmitted to the pitch as well. Christian, the James mentioned the height in, in the... In the West Brom side there. I think Evans, who you mentioned, is suspended. I think for tomorrow, but still a lot of big lads, and they've had a very settled side, haven't they? I think seven or eight have played every Premier League game. Uh, they know their game. They're going to, you know, try and keep space to a minimum. It's, uh, uh, but you know, I don't think you can criticise for them for doing the thing that will most likely get them a chance of a result. And you've got to be, you just got to be good enough to beat it. Yeah. And you know, some sort of precision. And patience in the passing build-up is required, and probably you're just going to have to work them really hard and hope that at some stage, you know, tiredness sets in and you, you you've created your space. Yeah, any time I talk about Pulis football, it's not disparaging. As I say, it's it's there is no there is no right or wrong way to play football, and he's got his right to set up his team how he wants. As you say, that's what that's what West Brom will do. They will they will look to close the space down. What Liverpool have got to hope for that is more hold than Burnley, because. Yeah. West Brom will approach this game like Burnley did at one nil and two nil at Turf Moor in August. That's how that's how hard it'll be, um, and then they will try and get one on the break. I don't think you'll see. They, they've had a little bit of pace on the wings this um, in in the summer. They've got Chadley now, um, Matty Phillips. They, they're sort of players you can you can hit on the counter. So they have got that as an option, but they're still going to be looking to score from set pieces mainly. You know, They haven't scored many goals, but I think it's 56% of their goals have come from set pieces so far this season. So it just shows you exactly how they will do it. But yeah, Liverpool have got to be patient and, and work around the spaces we saw against Hull, even before uh, the, the penalty and, and, the, and the red card um, early, um, later on in the first half. We saw just how many chances Liverpool did have. Coutinho had one cleared off the line. Obviously, Lana scored. I think Manny hit the bar. 
and you know you could argue Hull will not be as we're not as good as what West Brom will be in terms of defending and closing down that space because this is a well-drilled team with a with a manager who knows exactly how to do it and how to coach them. But at the same time, you know, Hull turned up to Anfield and clearly were, were happy with a points and Liverpool just blew them away. Now it probably be will be a little bit more difficult I'd imagine against the against the West Brom, but they've shown that they've got the players to do it. They've shown that they've got that that movement from the field. They've got the runners who run on now. You've got uh, Wijnaldum if he if he plays Lallana. Uh, even Chan, if he was to come in, even though I, sorry, he's remaining, even though I don't think he, he should. Um, you've got Firmino, you've got Coutinho, you've got Manic, you've got the full-backs who are pushing high. There's enough on that pitch there to, to create a little bit of havoc and a little bit of a, you know, reckless intent in, in the in the West Brom box. And yes, you know, they, they have kept Tottenham to a, to a one, and that was a last-minute goal from Deli Alley. Um, and they've managed to, you know, Shut out a fair few good sides, but they can also concede. You know, that's a sort of stat earlier that, despite the fact that they don't concede many goals in the first half this season, I think they they were in the top five in terms of first half goals conceded last season. So that was under Pulis for the whole season. They they obviously can be got at. I do think that an early goal will be important, but at the same time, I I I'd back Liverpool to be patient under Klopp. I think he he's teaching them not just what to do with the, with the feet, but also with the minds. And if it's not going for them after sixty minutes. I think the Burnley game was a good game to sort of point to and go, well, we don't do that ever again. That's not how you, you solve that problem. Yeah. James, the, the, if, ultimately, if we saw this fixture, if Liverpool are serious or, or have potential to be in this title race, and most of us, I think, are starting to think that they, they have a chance of being in that, um, if we saw this fixture that, that and Man City were at home to West Brom or Arsenal were at home to West Brom, uh, potentially United at home to West Brom. I think we'd all assume it would be a comfortable home win because we we take those three, those sides to work West Brom out and take their chances yeah. when they came. And we we must hope that Liverpool can can do the same, shouldn't we? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, you know, if you if you if you're serious about being part of the title race this season, then this is a game that you you have to you have to win. You know, and I think I think the difference this season, you know, as Christian touched upon, is I think Liverpool do have. You know more attacking weapons. I think they've got more ways to win a game, um, more potential match winners, um, which I think makes them more difficult to stop. Um, you know, you, you think about you know usually, um, you know, if someone had said back in August that that Daniel Sturridge would still be waiting for a Premier League goal when we're nearly in November. You know, I think there'd have been a lot of fretting and, and worrying. But you know, the, the fact that that's the case, but Liverpool have, have still had this fantastic start with 17 points from eight games. Just shows, you know, the, why you need, you know, you, you need that array of quality, and um, you know, hopefully, that will come to the fore against against West Brom. I think, I think, you know, hopefully, we'll see Liverpool back to their their strongest in terms of the lineup Klopp can put out as well, because there's no doubt that the absence of Wijnaldum and Lallana, you know, hurt them in terms of. I think that was one of the reasons why it was so disjointed against United, and you know. Certainly, it looks like both of them will be will be, will be back for uh, for the for the, get, the test against the baggies. Well, well, all three of us have just been uh, uh, doing uh, our team selector for, uh, for 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 today in terms of tomorrow's game, uh, which is going on the website shortly. But um, all three of us independently have come up with the with the same team, and that suggests that the options seem relatively obvious, uh, Christian, to uh, to to Jurgen Klopp. I think we've all brought. Uh, as James says, Wijnaldum, Lalana back into the side, uh, and we've all played Firmino instead of Sturridge. 
at uh, at the top of the pitch. The the what I have to say is that when I was thinking about should I try and get Sturridge into the team, the one who I was thinking maybe of putting down on the bench as a little rest was was Mane. Mm. I, I think he's dropped off a little bit last couple of games maybe just not quite in the sparkling form he was when he started the season yeah you're looking at the Swansea game there aren't you and you look at the Man United game which is relatively small for I really two games but I know what you mean I mean look we we were told when Manny came that he can be a streaky player this is by no means to write him off or say that he's hit a, a dip in form but that sometimes that he will have these bursts where he's absolutely sensational and then other times he's a little bit quiet maybe he's coming up to one of those times also, you got to remember is that I, I do believe he, he was there over in Africa, wasn't he, for Senegal? Be, yeah, so I think he travelled. So he had that. You know, everyone was making the thing about Coutinho and Firmino, obviously because they were playing into the midweek. But you know, it can't be easy for him as well, going all the way over there and coming back. Um, and also, he was up against you know Danny um, Daily Blind and and uh, Marcus Rashford, uh, Ashley Young, sorry, as as two left backs. Um, so, but I don't think. Yeah, you, you don't want to burn them out, do you, as well? That, that's the other thing. I know they've had a week off and there's been no uh, no Champions League, no Europa League for them, but you don't want them to... You know, It's not it's not a bad thing to shuffle the pack. The only thing I'd be... Re- the, the reason I'd be reticent to do that would be is where Firmino plays then because I, I just... Obviously, it was, a, it was a hard game anyway and I think it was Alana that was the catalyst when he came on. But Firmino looks so much more comfortable as number nine. Well, or as a nine and a half, however you want to call it, false nine, whatever. He just looks so much more comfortable there than the, than the left-hand side because he, he his game just seems to suit that and the way Liverpool play. He just brings everyone into play. His touch is phenomenal. The ball will stick. So if there's a little bit of, you know, if it's a little bit hectic around the box, you can guarantee you'll find the moments of space there. And if he's shunted out wide a little bit, maybe you can't get that. But you know, this is this is dilemma club. Scott, what I would say is that, you know, we've all we've all picked that team um independently of each other. And I mean, I think it's fair to say now that is Liverpool's first choice eleven. And I know Jürgen would would be very keen to stress that there are, there is no first choice eleven. Everyone is, you know, just places up for grabs, etc. But I think that is Liverpool's first choice eleven now and I don't think you know, unless there's a dip in form I can't see or injuries as there was on Monday, I can't see that changing. James, and also, you know, that lineup that we've picked also leaves us plenty of options to come from the bench if required. Obviously, Daniel Sturridge, who is, you know, ultimately a very, uh, you know, very, very good player to be bringing off the bench if that's how uh, Klopp wants to set up. Emre Chan, obviously, you know, fitness looked, uh, you know, concern on Monday, but he got through the 90 minutes and obviously, you know, a good, strong player to bring off the bench. And you've got Origi, who's maybe a little bit the forgotten man of the, the year, and obviously got into a West Brom game. Obviously, he came off of, off the bench, uh, you know, to grab that point last year, and uh, we mustn't forget that, uh, you know, for a while last season he was Liverpool's, you know, number one striker because he was he was beating Sturridge to a start in the team. Yeah, he, he just has it just hasn't really happened for Origi so far this season, has it? I think Klopp mentioned a few weeks ago about him struggling with a bit of rhythm, um, and, and certainly, you know, it's never easy when you come into a game and you're brought on and trying to get up to speed quickly but he hasn't he hasn't been able to make that kind of impact that we we saw from him last season um you know obviously he had that nasty injury towards the back end of, of last year and you know he uh, and was rushing back to, to try and get himself fit and all the rest of it so you know i, I think really he's obviously got time on his side but he's not you wouldn't say you've seen anything to him so far to suggest that he's 
that he's challenging for a starting spot. You know, in fact, you know, you look, having been at the under-23s game the other night, you, you think, you know, what more does Danny Ings have to do to, to, to force his way back into the 18-man squad? It'd be interesting to see whether he, whether he does make the cut uh, tomorrow because, um, you know, I, I, I just think... You know, obviously Ings have been out a long time, and, and Klopp wants to be careful with him. But um, you know, he, he's—I I don't know what else he can possibly do. Really, you know, he's been scoring goals. I spoke to Michael Beale afterwards, and you know, he was eulogising about his attitude and professionalism around the youngsters. And you know, and you, and you, you watch him play even a game like that, and you think he's such a perfect fit for the way Klopp wants to play. You know, people question, you know, what can Sturridge do? What Klopp wants of a number nine? Well. There's no doubt that Danny Ings can with, with the way that, you know, I think Beale described him as a nuisance for defenders and that was a pretty good summation of, of what he was like the other night, you know, just non-stop, 100% effort and commitment. And, um, you know, I think maybe maybe if, 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 if he doesn't feature uh, on, on Saturday, then certainly that League Cup tie against Tottenham midweek may be a chance for him. But you're right, you know, the squad does look strong. Um, and, and, you know, the other one I'd say, is, you know, I, I know what you said before about Sadio Mane, um, you know, he, he wasn't great against United, but I think I think that's something he has to come to terms with. You know, the fact that he's been so important to Liverpool so far this season. The teams are going to double up on him, like like United did. Um, you know, they they are going to pinpoint him as as a real danger man. Uh, you know, and when teams do that, that is, you know, that should in theory be creating space for you know the likes of Coutinho and Firmino to flourish. So, um, so no, I, I, I certainly wouldn't. I don't think Mane needs a break. I think I think Liverpool just need to be aware that you know when when teams are targeting him, they they need to take advantage of that. I think we're getting to the point now where, and this comes from someone who is possibly one of Divock Origi's biggest advocates. I I, I mean, I thought he probably start up front to, to begin with the season, and obviously, as we say, he hasn't found that rhythm, but. I think we're getting near the near the stage now where you're almost a role reversal and, and the, the the man on the bench is Danny Ings and the man in the under twenty threes is Divock Origi just to see if he can get that get that rhythm because it feels to me that you know, when you watch Danny Ings in the under twenty threes, this is a man who yes, okay, he's only playing against I say only playing, but he's only playing against his under twenty three sides and obviously he's I mean he's probably still eligible for them himself anyway. I think he's only twenty three himself, so you know, it's not like he's He's a 30-year-old veteran, but anyway, he's playing against these, you know, lesser sides, if you will. But he looks fit, he looks sharp. Whereas Rigi, when he comes on, he's only getting five minutes here, ten minutes there, and it's taking him a while to sort of wind him up and get him going. And you just wonder if basically now that Danny Ings has sort of come through this and he's scoring goals for the under-23s and he looks sharp, he looks fit, he looks ready. Whether Divock would benefit from from sort of a month or two in that environment, so he can get to the and then. Yeah, Ian Klopp would have a massive problem because you've got four fit and fine strikers. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should mention, uh, it's a good time to mention, actually, to everyone, hopefully we get a good result at Anfield tomorrow. But please, please make your way to Prenton Park on Sunday, 1 o'clock. It's the mini derby. Um, Everton, who are top of the table, um, against Liverpool, who are in sort of third or fourth. So, uh, you know, really good game in prospect. And you're likely to see the likes of Sacco. Um, we saw Gruitz play on uh, on Tuesday. Um Ben Woodburn, I would think, didn't start the other night, so I'd imagine he'll be on, and uh, you know, it could be a real, really good game uh, to to see. I was just you mentioned Gruwich there. I, I wonder if he'll sort of maybe have a part to play against West Brom because of his height. Yeah, I mean, and he's, he's a strong boy, isn't he? And he, I thought he passed the ball really well the other night at, against United at Lee in that under twenty threes game. But uh, Michael Beale sounded impressed with him, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Though it is such a, I mean, I take it we'd all take a one 0 win against West Brom tomorrow if we if we had, we had the chance. 
Depends if you've backed the 100 goals or more, best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be honest, I, you know, yeah. No, you, so do, you take a 1 0 all day. You take a 1 0 all day, even if, even if it's a sort of rupee performance. I think you, you take the win and get out. But uh, yeah, Prenton Park at 1 o'clock if you fancy that. Uh, um, listen, I think, I think given that uh, we've already discussed United in detail earlier in the week, uh, that'll probably do us um, for this week. I'll end with uh, some predictions for the game. Um, lots of people sneered last week at my thoughts that we might get a clean sheet on Monday. I hope uh, they're uh, eating their words, James Pearce. Um, but um, what do you think, Pearce? You know, do you think we'll, we can we can we can do enough to win this, can't we? Yeah, I think it'll be tight. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it'll be a classic by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think I can see Liverpool having to really grind it out. Um, I think Liverpool will win comfortably. Just been having a little look at their uh, at West Brom last season, and they conceding goals for fun against the top teams at times. You can see the five against City, they conceded five against uh, Leicester, who obviously won the league. You can see the three against Southampton, three against West at West Ham, three against Liverpool. Um, over the two games, I reckon it'll be a three nil, four nil win. I, I think it could easily be that if you get the early goal. Yeah, I sort of think, think it'll either go at. either way. Once it's going to be really tight. Or if we do get the early goal, then you can build on that, and they'll have to come out a little bit, and you sort of think, uh, you know, you could get a, a three or four goal win. Um, I, I actually think West Brom will probably have enough in terms of quality and balls into the box that it will cause Liverpool some problems, and they will get on the score sheet. Uh, but I'm going to go for three-one uh, Liverpool. Uh, so those are the scores to avoid on your fixed thoughts Cooperin tomorrow I went for 4-2 last week <laughs> everybody uh, but anyway let's hope we're back on Monday discussing a good three points for the Reds and uh, you know you know, another three points towards being in that title race thanks for listening speak to you Monday